Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, let's get freaky. Freaky Friday, baby. Friday the 13th. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. It's actually kind of perfect that we're recording it right now, because as you mentioned, today is Friday the 13th. (laughs) Quite, uh, I mean, it makes sense for the film, but yes, today we are reviewing Christopher Landon's Freaky, which is being released in select cinemas uh, today, Friday the 13th of November. Um, It'll have a short theatrical run because it's part of that, I think, three-week AMC deal with Universal where, you know, it's got a three-week theatrical run and then it'll be on VOD, um, I guess, you know, December early 4th. December. December 4th. Oh, December 4th. Yeah. Uh, but it is a uh, Blumhouse production. It stars Vince Vaughn, Catherine Newton, and uh, a bunch of other people. Um, How dare yes, you Eric- forget Alan Ruck? Cameron yeah, from Alan- Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Alan Ruck is in the sweet handlebar yeah. mustache. God, yeah. He he crushes it. We'll talk about that in a, in a Crushes bit. it or splits uh, it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Friday the 13th. How's your Friday the 13th going? Eric? Uh, you know what? Uh, in a good way, uneventful. Jason has not come to visit me yet. So that's that's a good thing. But I mean, the the day is still young, so to speak, or at least, you know, the evening. Um, so anything is possible still. You know, I could get into some promiscuous sex or some drug Whoa. taking or something to, you know, challenge the moral conventions of uh, the said serial killer to come and cut me up into little pieces. How about yourself, Matt? Uh, I spilt my very large cold brew on my iPhone and all over my desk this morning. So that was my start. Um, going to use my cheat day today, you know, on the recent episode of the entitled movie podcast, our 78th draft, which you guys can go check out right now. Um, we talked about us being, you know, trying to be a little bit healthier starting in November and just, you know, exercising a bit more, eating better. So I've set myself every two weeks, you know, a a cheat day of where, you know, Matt, you can go have your garbage, but only limit it to, you know, that one day um, every couple weeks. So I might go get some T-Bell tonight, might get some Taco Bell. Um, but the spilling, my, luckily iPhones are pretty much waterproof now. So the spilling of the coffee um, was okay. Uh, but that's the only like unlucky thing that's really happened to me today. Really. Right. Well, I mean, if you have Taco Bell, I mean, maybe that's also going to be unlucky we'll later on. You might I'll spend you guys- <laughs> some extra time on the thunder bucket. So we'll see. Uh, but let's get into it. Uh, Christopher Landon's freaky. Eric, kick it off. What is freaky? Yeah. So as, as you mentioned, uh, Christopher Landon is the uh, was the writer director behind the Happy Death Day movies, which took the premise of Groundhog Day, the scenario and you know added the addition of a slasher stalking uh its protagonist in this case he's taking the body swapping scenario that's been done you know since the 1970s or made popular in the 1970s with the original freaky friday that starred jodie foster and then you know through the 80s you had films like big like father like son vice versa um you know movies like that 13 going on 30 in the early 2000s a a ton of those films kind of caught on they're they're fairly cute simple high concept movies but then again you add the slasher into the genre but it's not necessarily a horror movie although it is 
filled with gore galore uh, throughout the film. But essentially what the movie is, uh, Vince Vaughn plays a urban legend of sorts, a uh, the Blissfield Valley butcher who stalks and murders teens uh in the opening prologue a couple of days before Friday the 13th, we find that he is just murdering, you know, kids left and right for specifically who are talking about this urban legend. He picks up a knife um, from Mexico that has the power to switch bodies or souls with who is ever on the receiving end of the knife. So the night before Friday the 13th or the night of, um, he is stalking Catherine Newton's Millie, who is staying late at uh, the uh, football. I was going to say, I was going to say college ball, but it's high school. She's a high school senior um, and waiting for her mom. And you have to understand the context that, you know, the family has gone through a little bit of a tragedy, uh, you know, having lost uh, the father of the family a year before. So she's waiting for her mom, who's at home, passed out on the couch, drunk. Uh, Vince Vaughn's slasher comes of an Aachen and tries to kill her. He ends up switching bodies with with her. So the next day you have that kind of Freaky Friday scenario where, you know, both of them are in each other's opposite bodies and have to figure out what to do next. Uh, Vince Vaughn uh, or the Blissfield Butcher, who we really don't learn who his name is, um, kind of enjoys uh, you know, being inside a high school senior where Catherine Newton's character, Millie, being inside Vince Vaughn, uh, has a little bit of a harder time, especially because after that attack, uh, there are police the sketches. Whole town is searching for yeah, him, there are yeah. police sketches on uh, the news. People kind of have a general idea of what he looks like. Um, I think the fun of these movies is to see usually how the actors kind of interpret their counterparts in those roles. And especially for Vince Vaughn, you know, playing, you know, uh, the character being an 18 year old girl. Um, it's interesting to see how far he'll go or like, you know, what the mannerisms are for, for the performance. And he's actually, I mean, Vince Vaughn is one of those guys where it's like, I don't necessarily think of him as like one of my favorite comedic actors, but he is always usually quite good in, you know, humorous roles comedic parts even when they're darkly funny and i think this really works for him and he's very committed to the part but he doesn't take it to a place that is necessarily mean-spirited when you know playing uh you know millie trapped inside of him he's 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 basically kind of like trying to figure things out and he can be very intimidating in this kind of you know big sort of you know, stature kind of role, sweaty and what have you. But when he is, you know, uh, Millie, it's fun to see him kind of flail about and run around. Yeah, but the, it's great. The thing yeah. that makes this movie, I think, a lot more poignant than your typical slasher film, which it is play playing, you know, paying homage to and, and playing with the a tropes, lot of different movies, yeah, um, yeah. is that it does have an emotional core about, you know, losing somebody and also the idea of just kind of being able to move on because what we learn through the story is that, you know, Millie is looking at colleges and, you know, one in Boston has kind of accepted her and, and she doesn't know what to do or how to approach talking to her mom who's kind of, you know, suffocating her right now and, and kind of dealing with her own grief. And there is a really wonderful uh, changing room scene where yeah. Vince Vaughn as, 
you know, uh, uh, Catherine Newton's Millie is having a conversation with the mum, uh, and it's very funny, but also very um, earnest in its in its emotion. But yeah, overall, I don't mm-hmm. think this is a you know, quote unquote slasher film in your classic sense the way that happy death day isn't a slasher film in your in your classic sense yeah but i mean i i think i just really dig christopher landon's kind of you know genre bending genre movies and like i love him taking you know maybe an overused kind of trope that's been done in movies over and over again and kind of putting a fresh spin on that by combining it with a slasher movie because i i really enjoyed both happy death day movies and they're again they're not they are horror movies or they are genre movies but like that second movie involving time travel and all this stuff like it, it feels like its own thing and i think he does a really great job in this as well and like i just think body swapping movies are fun when you get to see an actor like recently i mean it's not technically sort of body swapping but like in jumanji like i think like the most recent jumanji movies are fun to see you know jack black again act like a high school girl or whatever or the rock uh act like a dweeb or 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 a dweeb in the rock's body and things like that and in this vince vaughn uh playing millie is just kind of a joy to watch and then if you add on top of that you know it paying homage to you know i think horror movies from early early horror movies too like this really felt like a throwback to like at least the horror movies that i grew up with in the 90s with like it has that meta layer like in scream and it has kind of uh, I mean, but it takes a lot from, you know, 70s, 80s slasher movies as well. And I think even with, you know, the way the butcher looks, he looks like Jason. Uh, um, there's a point where he uses a chainsaw. It's paying homage to Texas Chainsaw. It's a he uses a he's hook. So he's paying hook. tribute to I so, still yeah. know what you did last exactly. summer. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I, I actually honestly believe that, man. And like <clears throat> throughout the whole movie and like even in the opening, it felt like you're very classic, like. 80s 90s slasher movie where you know the opening they butcher all the kids and then it kind of goes into the very kind of cheesy but kind of fun high school vibe and like i think it's playing off of all that stuff and i don't think the writing is particularly like the actual dialogue is kind of like sometimes a little a a little much or or even the humor um yeah and the humor but i mean i was watching this movie and i'm like fuck this would have been a movie that i would have loved either sneaking into when i was 14 15 or just watching when i was 17 18 in a packed theater with like all my friends when we used to go to you know what used to be amc whippy which is now landmark whippy where we would go and see you know whatever movie was coming out but especially horror movies like this or 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 gory kind of violent fun slasher movies and just seeing the crowd go wild and i really think this movie would have been that and i would have loved it i think even more than i did as an adult if i was the same age as you know the people in the movie and i i went to a packed theater to go see this but yeah when it paying homage to all those kind of fun slasher movies then you add in that kind of genre bending element of the the body swapping thing i just thought that this was like just kind of a blast and like i loved seeing vince vaughn interact with the other kids and act like millie and then um i was surprised at how nasty it got like i really was caught off guard like there were many times where i'm like i guess i didn't know much because happy death day is a pg uh franchise right pg-13 franchise I'm yeah sure. but it's still but that um, still also has quite a bit of, of moments, violence yeah. it just it just cuts away more it, it, it kind of the way that it you know uh landon plays with 
you know, the timing of, you know, the, 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 the accident cuts, yeah. or, or the cut. Yeah. The literal cuts to the, to the yeah. edit of the cuts are fun. And he does that here too, but right. But when you have a prologue that establishes how dangerous <laughs> Vince Vaughn is as the butcher and like the first scene really kind of lays out that, yes, there is, as you mentioned, a meta kind of humor to it. I mean, even the MacGuffin of the movie, the the dagger, the Ladola from Mexico, like when they explain it from, you know, the Spanish teacher, like it, it's very self-aware and kind of what it's doing and sort of, OK, well, we have to have this you know device this plot device because another classic horror movie yeah yeah, and we have to and we have to kind of use this to move the plot forward because after swapping bodies they only have 24 hours to swap back or they'll be permanently stuck in there so it 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 knows that it kind of has to go through the motions of of playing with those tropes but at the same time when you have that opening and you see like how a wine bottle is used specifically that was the first time where i went holy fuck you know that it's 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 not playing around like it is committed to you know what the friday the 13th movies were before you know the censorship and and what you know slasher films were of that era of of, you know the late 70s early 80s when they were most popular so it is still you know very much in vain and playing with cutting open veins and chopping people up and, and and doing those horrible things but at the same time, it's not – it doesn't feel as grisly or mean-spirited as some of those films. I mean, I love John Carpenter's Halloween, but that movie is also elevated by, you know, the filmmaking where, you know, a lot of those slasher films are, you know, playing up the gore and the exploitation, you know, nature of it. So this is still doing that, but it's having fun with it and you never feel – bad for laughing at how ridiculous the violence is i mean it gets to a point where there's a a cryo tube you know unattended in a high school and you're thinking why the hell do they have a cryo tube in a high school that is just sitting out in the middle of nowhere like you know you just you you think of it like how ridiculous those movies are in general and again it's just kind of having fun with it i would say like you know the little holes you could poke through it is like when they first swap bodies and you see um catherine newton's millie but now with vince vaughn's soul in her go to school and the, the big reveal of her rare, wearing the um red leather uh jacket, jacket but you yeah. have to think like okay this is the first time he's been in you know a girl's body and like he's a guy that you know, looking at him doesn't take care of himself very well. How was he yeah. able to do the makeup and all that kind of stuff perfectly? And looks so great, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, like everyone you, shocked that she's like cool now and looks fantastic. Yeah, and, like, and then and, and yeah. especially because it's it's him doing it, and like he probably doesn't really have you know the skill set makeup wise to There's do some, that. But that's but that's like just like a little kind of like you know splitting hair stuff. kind I mean, of thing. Even me, when you bring up the cryo tube, or I bring up like you know, you you mentioned um, uh, Alan Ruck and like his teacher. I'm like, no teacher would act like this. Yeah, he's this the shock like, teacher, and especially yeah. for somebody who has lost their father, you know, a, yes. a, a year before. Like, I understand, like maybe, oh, everybody was maybe she was kind of you know taking advantage of people giving her slack or, or, or cutting her some slack for, you know, losing her father. Maybe he's the guy that's kind of like fed up. It's like, you know, playing this shop teacher who, you know, she's always late and this kind of stuff. But yeah, to the point of where he goes and where it, where it's, where it ends up, it's setting you up to that moment because you, you're, yes, you're looking forward to where ridiculous. it concludes. It's, 
and it's fun don't get me wrong and like his performance is fun because he's such an asshole but you're just like this guy would not be acting this way towards well, he like, wouldn't at, be working at, there he would be fired. no and I mean, I could understand, you know, a teacher being a prick a little bit, but with what this girl's gone through and she seems like, you know, a sweet girl that's maybe just going through some stuff rather than like, you know, an asshole to this guy. So that stuff and then even the stuff with her family and her background and the sister and the mom, like there were some script things where I'm like, all right, these are a little like cliched or overdone or 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 a little I don't know. The dialogue's a little like, ah, okay, this is like, I've seen this a million times or you know exactly where it's going. But the you almost, the movie's so much fun that you don't care about that stuff and it doesn't really need to be more than what it is. And, and it I think that's too many endings. I want to mention that too. I think that it, sure. it, it could have ended a yes, couple of times. Even though I didn't mind each where place it, it kind of stops and I get why they ended where they did, but it feels like, okay, like this is going on an extra five, 10 minutes that it didn't need to. Yeah. But then, yeah, like we already mentioned some of the, with the Jason mask, I it reminded the opening reminded me of the, you know, every opening of the scream movies, which is, you know, just a slasher movie kind of trope. You mentioned the fishing hook, the cryo thing even reminded me of like final destination a bit, even though it's not exactly that. Um, and I just think it's playing within like all, throwing to all of these movies that came before it but then adding in that kind of you know it it seems like he landon really loves you know movies from you know the 70s 80s and 90s and that comes from both the sci-fi angle and the horror angle and then he's finding a way to kind of mix those things obviously and i think it's working really really well and he's making like i don't think anything he's made is like a masterpiece but i think happy death day both uh, one and two and this now i'm like okay cool what other like sci-fi tropes from 80s movies can we now throw into horror movies that landon can kind of jump in and and make into a fun thing yeah, and like i would slasher in there <laughs> exactly and like that's fun to me i'm like that's something people weren't really doing or maybe we've seen a little bit of it and um well, i mean cabin again, in the woods i think kind of plays yeah with, with some of those things although again like i think even though cabin is more meta and sort of a deconstruction of the genre where this is kind of you know having fun and paying tribute embracing to it and embracing genres, it. Yeah. it it almost feels like i would love to go to every pitch that christopher landon has ever made it's like we're gonna make this <laughs> kind of like, movie freaky we're, friday and this you know, it's just <laughs> yeah. like, okay so we're doing you know this this drama about a uh you know a family that loses a father and you know it's gonna I be a body swapping movie <laughs> but there's a slasher in it you know like <laughs> every pitch just is like takes famous movies and goes but there's a, a slasher, slasher in it um but but i but that's also interesting as well because i think Landon is actually, I mean, he co-wrote this with, with Michael Kennedy. I think he's working through some things emotionally himself with the script because his father, um, Michael Landon, um, is, was a very famous television actor with both little house on the prairie and, uh, uh, highway to heaven. And he was one of those guys that like a lot of people kind of grew up with in their household in that time period. And it's, you know, like, having probably losing him because he, he did pass away is probably something that he's, you know, thought a lot about and, you know, mm-hmm. having that kind of that hole in his life that, you know, that fills when you, when you, when you have a, a parent or a family member, that's really close gone. And especially when it's somebody who is also kind of well known in, you know, pop culture to, you know, certain people as well, which makes it probably even more 
of a loss. And I think that there's something going on there where he's exploring that a little bit. Totally. And I think I, I follow Michael Kennedy, the writer on Twitter as well. And he, he just wrote um, that he, his father passed away right before he made this movie as well. So like, I think he was also inspired by that. And he, unfortunately his mother passed away a couple of weeks uh, before the premiere of the movie too. So I think, and I think that's where you brought it up earlier, Eric, it was like the movie does, as silly as it is that we talk about and how ridiculous it is or violent or nasty it can be at time, it does have that emotional core where you brought up that changing room sequence that could have easily been weird or creepy or or something. Because you, if, if you're understanding the context of the scene of the mother going like, oh, I, I want to get coffee. Like, I would like to date you. And you're thinking, well, it's her daughter in that guy's body. Like, there could have been a – it could have been creepy or weird, but then it ends up being – very sweet and genuine, like you said. And I think the movie does have that, you know, emotional core in that last act where it kind of does kind of bring everything together and, and is actually quite sweet when you think about, you know, this family and what these three women are going through and, and how it all plays out. And Vaughn's very charming in that scene. Yeah. Like he's very good at kind of like being very personable when he needs to be. And he can also, you know, turn that switch and be very, you know, frightening and, and, and creepy as well. And, He's one of those guys that, again, like, I think, like, he is usually always good. I don't agree with his politics and, and you know, as somebody who's a kind of a conservative libertarian type um, in real life. Yeah, but yeah. but as an actor, he he always is kind of a, a nice additional presence. And it's a nice reminder that he is quite talented comedically and i also think newton is is very good here we 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 talked about her a little bit when we reviewed um detective pikachu um right and that movie's not very good but i think the role that she was given in that movie she does exactly what she needs to and here like again she's playing off of you know playing a character that we've seen a million times before but then also having to play you know, the serial killer as well. And I think that she does quite a good job in, in, in both. And especially yeah. when she kind of, you know, as, you know, Vince Vaughn stands up to some of the jock types and, you know, some of the dialogue oh, right. that, that she has great. to say yeah. is, is, is quite funny. And she delivers oh it God. Yeah, completely that committed. She... Like, in, like it's, yeah. she does it in not a, a joking way. Like she's playing it completely serious in that moment. And it's what makes it funny and disturbing at the same time. Um, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's, there's some great lines and you'll, I, I've multiple times throughout this movie. I went, Holy fuck. And that was whether something someone said or a lot of the, the kills and the violence as well i'm just like okay they went there and i was not uh expecting it and i'm i'm here for it so um yeah i think i think newton's fantastic as well and even seeing her doing the body switching stuff like you said i completely agree i just think that like yeah I, again a lot of the stuff i'm saying is like stuff we've seen before but i like that they embrace it like i don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing like i think they've watched a lot of these slasher movies and and body switching movies and and whatever and and took a lot from each one and kind of threw this into this movie so even if things feel cheesy or feels like we've seen it a hundred times like at least there's enough there that makes you kind of go well that whatever that's kind of what these movies are or suspension of disbelief right yes exactly like it's just that's perfect too like you just kind of are along for the ride and you kind of forgive some of that stuff which means it's not a perfect movie but it is a really fun one and um it is uh i think our uh, it wasn't max coville or, or or someone tweeted at me being like this was the first time in a while where i'm like fuck i wish 
I watched this in a theater with a lot of people because I feel like that would have been a blast, like a sold out screening or, or something like that. And um, uh, and horror movies are great for that, and especially horror comedies and, and and stuff like that too. Which again, Eric, you brought up like horror comedy, just my kind of your jam, sweet really. spot, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I thought I thought it was great. Little nitpicky things here and there, and I think like. Uh, the more he does this stuff, I think the more on board I will be, but I I'm, I teeter. The more I talk about it, the more I really like it. And the more that I'm removed from it but right now, I'm going to give it a three and a half. I thought it was really, really solid. I will also give it a three and a half. And, and again, like some of the nitpicky stuff or some of the sp- suspension of disbelief, like you have to kind of consider, are they doing it on purpose or are they not? Like there's another exactly, scene yeah. where like the friends after, and this is again, a classic thing in this genre with, with, um with big where you have, you know, Tom Hanks convincing his young friend that it's, him and they have a similar scene where you know Vaughn is convincing uh the two friends right. the best friends that you know she is who she says she is and then they have to kind of you know leave the school in a hurry because they're being chased by police and then they stop the car outside a, a sporting good place but it's like you know with police being in 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 pursuit you'd think that like and they know what the car looks like and they have the license plate information that they like you know, after the scene is over um, and, and the chase is over and they leave the car parked in the parking lot that, you know, police would surround the area or, <laughs> yeah, or something yeah. like that. You, you know, kinda, all that stuff, you kind of have to just be like, all right, it's a small town. They only have a couple police officers. I don't know. Would they would they call the FBI if a serial killer was on the loose, like in their town? Probably. And other shit of like, would they all go to this football game if like five kids got brutally murdered and the person was out there. Yeah, like they talk and, about canceling homecoming because of it. So why are they still having a football game? That's the day after the murders or like, how did the, uh, the, the, one of the final party scenes at the, at this old mill, like how did they get this up so quickly? Because oh, they I knew it like these hours kids, I saw before. That too, like, are these kids the most amazing party planners I've ever seen in my life? Because like, it's another trope. We've seen it in other movies where the kids have, you know, the, the, the bush party or the, the barn party or something like that. But this looked like a prophet. I'm like, Oh my God, this is the nicest party I've ever seen a bunch of high school kids put together. So there's like stupid shit like that. And, um, even like the suspension of disbelief of her friends, just, um, even though I thought it was actually a sweet moment where she has to like convince them that, you know, no, it's me in this murderer's body, like where they're asking Vince Vaughn questions and doing the secret handshake and stuff. It's like exhausting actually, in a fun way. Like I even like when yeah. they're throwing things at him, it's like, can we just, can we just stop for yeah. a minute? And you can see her, or Millie in, in the butcher's body, like try to understand, you know, the foreshadowing of like realizing his strength and everything. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I did really dig it. And I, I, this would be a movie that I would put in my rotation during, you know, the October season kind of thing to, uh, throw on or show people if they haven't watched it because it's it's dropping at a weird time right where you know after halloween it's going to theaters first for a couple weeks in in a pandemic where most places are closed down or now in ontario are closing down um even again in orange yeah i don't whatever the hell that means so it's going to be on demand in a couple of weeks. So um, I would suggest wait for that if you're listening to this and um, are thinking about it. I don't think you need to go out to a, a rush out to a cinema right now um, and watch this. But when it's on demand, I, I definitely think it's worth, you know, the $7 or $20, whatever they're going to put it out as. But um, catch up with I, Happy I Death Day 1 and 2 if you haven't seen it. And, and you know, 
go back and watch some of the other body swapping movies, maybe with the exception of the hot chick, uh, which oh, is yeah. terrible. Um, but I mean, that was Rachel McAdams first role. So, you know, there you go. there's silver lining. Um, Thank you all for listening. Uh, like we mentioned, we have our 78th draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast, which is available for you guys to listen right now. You can go subscribe to that on your podcast service of choice. Uh, tons of other reviews up on this channel right now. Uh, so go back and see our reviews for Eric. What the hell have we reviewed recently? Uh, Let oh, Him yeah. Go would be a uh, would be a big one. We have Come Play. Uh, we have a bunch of Netflix stuff. We have a lot of Netflix movies coming like Hillbilly Elegy, uh, the movie everyone's been waiting for. Um, you know, November has been a little bit slow, but we have, we also have run, which is going to be exciting to talk about soon. soon. So yeah, sticking within that uh, genre realm, uh, even kind of in the genre realm too. uh, Evan Morgan's the kid detective. We recently reviewed, um, Borat, a subsequent movie film, lots of stuff over on untitled movie reviews. So go check out all of that. And Untitled Movie Conversations, our third show, is going to get back up and running very, very soon. Uh, we did a little pilot program where we did three episodes to kind of you know, see how we wanted that show to kind of uh, take shape. So we're kind of getting that back up and running. So uh, go subscribe over there and we'll have new episodes of that very, very soon as well. If you have a couple seconds, we'd love for you guys to toss a, a rating on our, that trilogy of podcasts I just mentioned on your podcast service of choice and follow us on all of those social medias at untitled underscore cast. As always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can follow more of my work around the internet, uh, mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all of those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. I'm usually rating things on Letterboxd or over on Twitter, tweeting something. Usually about Taco Bell. Or I'm getting some T-Bell tonight, man. I'm excited. Or The Mandalorian, which I will also catch up with that soon, and we'll talk about it. Uh, I'm Eric. It's fun. <laughs> I'm Eric March, and you can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene, and I'm on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Que sera, sera.